Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back, Sports to the Max, News Talk 830 WCCO on your dial. A lot going on, well, a little bit going on in sports. One of the fun things that's coming back uh, starting this weekend is uh, Jamar Diggs played at De La Salle and plays uh, overseas uh, basketball. And at one time they called it the Howard Pulley Summer Pro-Am. And, and then Renee and Pulley, you know, they, they say, you know, they, we've done this long enough and and, and there was a, still a market for um, somebody to to step up and, and, and provide a place for some of the top Minnesota kids to play basketball. And so Jamar Diggs was a De La Salle grad, and he started the league in um, uh, at De La Salle High School. They started playing it. And, and, and the uh, number of outstanding players that they got to participate was unbelievable. And um, and so they've kept it going. And so he plays overseas, but he's done this where he puts his league together, and, and he gets the best players from Minnesota to participate in it. They, they they come back home in the summertime, and they play in this league. And I think it's the Minnehaha Academy again this year. I'm not sure. I'm gonna have to get old Jamar again. He t- but he told me it starts on this Saturday. It's gonna be a lot of fun, because what what happens when you, when you go out there is you you realize. <laughs> There's so many really good players from this area, not just Chet Holmgren playing in the summer games where he's turned everybody upside down with his performance. Um, obviously, just in one game, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but there's so many great Minnesota players out there that are um, uh, you know, maybe playing in Spain or they're playing in, you know, in, in Italy or Israel or something like that. Um, the the number of quality players like that in Minnesota has risen so much to the point that, I mean, who'd ever thought this year two in the first round go, Chet Holmgren and David Roddy. Last year, Jalen Suggs goes number five overall. The year before that, I think that there was no less than five guys uh, drafted uh, from Minnesota. That are four, and, 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 and then the Gillespie kid, Freddie Gillespie, uh, signed with the team as well. Um, and, and it's just amazing that there's that many good Minnesota players right now. But there are, and that will continue to rise. Now, there's been a lot of conversation about Chet Holmgren and what he did in his first summer game. Uh, 
And then you get into the whole deal about, you know, did you project him to be that good? And, and, and I, I, I don't know, but he put on a show in the first game. And the one thing that I know after watching him in high school several times is he changes the game, even though physically it looks like you should be able to bump, to, to bump him into about the fourth row. But he changes the game from 15 feet in because once you get in there, those long arms change the way you shoot the basketball. And there is no statistic to quantify that. And all you analytics freaks can't figure something out that would that that, that, that you could quantify it with. But he changes the game with his length inside because he changes everybody's shot. So that that's where he's got a chance. And for some reason, he, he, he is stronger than you think. It just looks like he should be pushing. I can't explain that part of it at all. Joining us now, former Minnesota Viking, worked at the University of Minnesota, uh, got his doctorate degree. Uh, was the athletic director of the city of Minneapolis and much more, Leo Lewis from the Leo Lewis Foundation. Leo, thank you for joining us. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Good. How are you doing this summer? Had a good summer? Oh, of course, man. I just got off the golf course, so I'm really happy. You got a golf tournament coming up for your foundation too, right? Yes, I do. And uh, that, thanks for asking. You know, on Monday we'll we'll have my 20th annual charity event for youth and. Uh, Really happy. It's going to be at Presswick Golf Club uh, Monday, and uh, really happy about that. Uh, we made some really good progress. Uh, and, you know, and then also we'll have a, an awards dinner on Sunday, the, the night before that, and uh, we'll uh, honor some practitioners in the, in the field of sports at the youth level. Give me some examples. Who would be people that would qualify for an award uh, through the foundation? Well, we've had it for a number of years, but I'm really pr- uh, pleased to – to announce, we have a, a legacy award uh, for someone who has uh, had a lifelong career in sports. Uh, you know, you know Al Nunes, yep, who has uh, been in the Twin Cities community for a long time. Was an executive at Jostens and certainly has been instrumental in the, the championship mode of the NCAA by connecting Jostens with the National Collegiate Athletic Association. And then, uh, you know, we have uh, two local grassroots uh, uh, pioneers. Uh, one is a uh, met. Uh, Meredith Lane, who, who just started the Hockey Ninjas for Kids of Color. Yep. Um, and uh, also Mark Fishback, who is the head coach at St. Paul Johnson High School, who has uh, uh, engineered a number of state championships for girls' badminton. And, sure uh, they has. And won another one this year. They won another one this year. Yep, and, that, and that's been a, a tremendously prop, popular sport in the urban St. Paul, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Uh, and, you know, those two practitioner awards with Meredith and, and Mark uh, are in the name of my parents, uh, Leo Jr., who uh, grew up in St. Paul, was a St. Paul City athlete in his younger days and uh, became a college football All-American. Mm. And uh, the other one is in my mother's name, Doris Lewis, who uh, passed away a, a number of years ago, but was a physical education teacher and and one of my mentors. Sure. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I mean, you were so motivated in education. Now, tell me when you go out and speak in urban Minneapolis right now, and, and I mean, you got your doctorate degree. How do you sell kids that don't have a lot on education? Well, I, I tell you, it opens up so many pathways for individuals. Uh, to be educated is to really have, be equipped to navigate. Uh, our citizenry, uh, how you can be a responsible person in, in our society and in our culture. Uh, you can contribute a lot through uh, having some means to make a living. And educational uh, prowess 
uh, in whatever endeavor you like or desire can help a young person uh, be a great contributor to our community. Uh, we use sport as a platform, uh, you know, a, uh, an endeavor, uh, avocation that a number of kids uh, pursue uh, because it's, it's motivating. We use that platform to help uh, send value-oriented messages to young people about the, the necess- uh, necessity of getting an education. I want to bring up a point along those lines that that I didn't realize until I saw it up close. In in the summertime, in particular, uh, just last week, there was a a basketball tournament, and it came together rather quickly, I thought, in the AAU circuit. And I thought, well, they're never going to get enough teams. It's the 4th of July weekend. They're going to start the tournament on Saturday and play it on Sunday, you know, with the 4th on Monday. And I was wrong again. And, and, And the reason that I was wrong it was something that I hadn't factored in, and I'm almost embarrassed to say it. A lot of kids in the urban community, um, they don't have Fourth of July plans. They're not going to a cabin. They're not going to fly somewhere for a few days and relax. So a basketball tournament was a welcome opportunity because they're looking for something to do. I didn't think about that ever because socioeconomics yeah. enters into everything, right? And, and, and yeah. you know, for me growing up, you know, the 4th of July was always kind of a sacred holiday and you went and did something somewhere fun and, you know, somebody's cabin or you traveled or you did something. Well, that's not afforded to a lot of kids. So you could have a basketball tournament and get maximum turnout for it because they they were just looking for something to do. I don't know that we, meaning those of us that live outside the city, Leo, account for that or think about that. And we don't uh, account for how much time they can have on their hands because they can't just do what they want when they want to do it. Can, can you address that as, as an added issue that maybe we don't talk enough about? Well, I mean, I think you address a, a number of things. Um, one, I, I think in the summer, many kids, I don't care what your demographic is, uh, kids are kids. They want to have some freedom to do things, to play, to to in, in this case, you're talking about uh, be involved in organized sports, and I think it's for all the classes. Uh, you'll find middle class, uh, upper middle class uh, kids uh, as hungry and as, as interested in sports, particularly basketball, like you had mentioned, as those uh, who, who don't have as many means to uh, navigate their their livelihood throughout the summer. Uh, basketball just happens to be a very popular. Sport. Um, ice hockey is popular. Uh, also, soccer is popular in the summer. All of these sports that are, um, you know, really easily attainable, like basketball and soccer, are going to be very popular sports. And, and I just think that uh, it doesn't matter what your demographic, uh, it's going to be a popular uh, avenue for young people. Uh, one thing that you did mention is about the resources. We have a, a grants and scholarship program that provides uh, opportunities to assist young people who don't have the means to achieve their desires in the summer and, uh, quite frankly, all year round. Um, and you're right. Um, most of them are individuals who, who are uh, in underserved communities, and we are certainly pleased to uh, address some of those issues and needs that they have. Uh, but I think the hunger is there uh, in all parts of Minnesota, not just the, the inner city to participate in sports. So, so when you scholarship these kids, what is it usually for? Is it so that they can join a travel team? What, what is the need usually for? Well, uh, yeah, organized sports is, is one uh, avenue 
that uh, we address. Uh, most families uh, have more than one kid participating, so uh, consequently, a, a lot of their needs financially uh, get multiplied. But uh, more, more likely, it is to uh, address participation fees, equipment, uh, in, in some cases, travel. Um, and in and, and very few cases, although we have uh, attracted attention from uh, individuals outside of Minnesota, um, we provide just basic needs for most of these families. J- just the stuff, just so they can just do what they want to do and be able to participate at, at, at the same level, right? Just give me a shot, right? Oh, of course, of course. And, you know, we don't just uh, address team sports. Uh, we, we uh, you know, uh, serve uh, mo- uh, mixed martial arts individuals, uh, dance individuals who are in dance. And, and uh, I think anybody who is active and uh, has addressed the need, you know, we're going to listen and, and hopefully have an opportunity to address their needs. What does it mean to you to see some of those kids thrive and come back at some point in time and know that you helped bridge that gap? Well, I tell you what, it is gratifying. And we have really been, uh, over the last uh, 30 years, um, addressing those needs in the community. And and, uh, it is a joy, particularly when you get individuals who are now in their 30s (laughs) telling you that uh, they finished my football camp and – and uh, we provide a scholarship for them or, uh, you know, they grew up understanding that the values that we have in our foundation uh, address some of those needs that they are now confronting and are helping uh, mentor their own kids. Yeah, and, and, and there you go. You know, you talk about breaking chains and, and starting new chains. I mean, that, that's what it's about, right? Isn't that the, isn't that the goal of the Leo Lewis Foundation? Yep. And, you know, our, our motto is life skills through sports. I think we just use sports. Uh, we're not saying it is the most important thing in life, but we use that platform uh, because there's a lot of kids who are interested in physical activity and sport. We use that platform to address other needs uh, and other desires and, and certainly to send messages about uh, education, um, making sacrifices in your life, uh, uh, offering uh, a, a commitment to um, decisions that you've made in your life, some of those things that are more broad range and can be addressed and transferred into other areas of life. Leo, appreciate it very much. Somebody wants to get on your website. Where do they find it? LewisForceFoundation.com. And, uh, again, our uh, uh, fundraising weekend is this weekend. On Sunday, we have an awards dinner at Minnesota Valley Country Club at 530. And then on Monday, we have a 12.30 shotgun start at Presswick Golf Club, and that will be my 20th annual Celebrity Classic. Awesome. Leo, keep up the great work, and thank you for joining us tonight. All right. Thank you, Matt. You bet. Leo Lewis, Lewis Foundation. He just hit on something that that I've talked about for a long time. I I think the way that, that parents see sports in terms of for their son or daughter, needs to be addressed first in terms of what, what, what how, how does it fit in their life. And I think when you figure that out, it makes real simple sense. I'll explain it in simple terms when we come back. Stay with us on Sports to the Max. Boy, that is so true. And that just talking to someone sometimes can get you where you need to go. 
because so many times they'll say, you know what, you're not the first one to go through that. You know what I went through? And, and they share something with you and you go, oh, my God, I thought I was all alone. And particularly coming out of COVID and, and all that we've seen in this city, I just I just think that we don't even know what we've gone through yet. I, I, that's the way it feels, doesn't it? Like we don't even know what effect the last few years have had on our bodies and our minds because it's been so overwhelming, difficult, particularly in Minneapolis with all that we've gone through. Uh, you know, the Chauvin's the headline today again, you know, more than two years later. Um, but my point in listening to what Leo talked about, and I think that he's spot on, if you, if you are thinking about encouraging your, your son or daughter to play sports, and you're doing it because you can see them holding the first place trophy, it's going to be pretty tough. And, and it's not that you don't want to set high expectations and goals in life. Um, you don't want to lower the bar just so that they can meet the standard. I get all that. But if you approach it as this is a piece of educating them in the 18 years that I have them in my house, and just like I want them to take a good math class, maybe another language, uh, whatever it is, um, so too I want them to take this the same way that I would want them to take an advanced class. Only in this class, they learn about competing. They learn about really stressful situations. They learn about playing stressful situations with teammates that they like or don't like. They learn about coming together as a teammate and finding a role that fits, that works. Um, they learn an awful lot about failure. They do. I'm watching this NHL draft tonight, and of course you see the guys that get drafted. But how about the guys that think they're going to get drafted that aren't tonight or whenever? How about them? You know, we, we see all the smiles and we think it works out perfect for everybody. How about all those people? All those kids that, that thought their name was going to get called and they didn't get called tonight. And somehow, some way, they got to bounce back and prove that they are worthy of whatever it is. And that's what sports is. It, it, it's a teaching tool. And the greatest piece of it is it makes you stretch yourself. It puts you in a situation where you have to deal with your fear of failure because to, to deny that is a lie. Uh, one of the things in our DNA that I think is innate to everybody is we are scared to death of failing. And so we don't leave our comfort zone because leaving the comfort zone means it could get icky. It could be yuck. But if you approach it as, and this is something I've learned, not something that, that came naturally to me. But if you approach it as, I'm going to have my kids participate in, in as many sports or activities, whatever it is, as they can find because it's the ultimate classroom. It's, it's the only way that you can learn these things in stressful situations and disappointment and rejection and all these things in the first 18 years that you got them. And if you can do that, because most kids won't, most kids that you eventually compete against in the open market, when times got tough, they quit. And they decided this was too tough, or they didn't go out, or, or here's, the, here's the best one, when they say, oh, I could have, but uh, I just decided not to. No, you couldn't have. And that's why you didn't do it because you were scared to death that you might fail. If you can risk humiliation and put yourself out there, you got a really good chance when you get to be 22, 23 years old and you enter the job market as being someone that is desired by a company because you've proven that you're not afraid to bounce back from failure. And if you can look at that as an extension of the classroom 
you can do some really great things, and that's exactly what Leo Lewis is trying to create. When we come back, now part of the part of the problem with participation can be burnout, right? Kids get overactive, and, and, and every day is a game day. Okay, that happens not only in sports, but it happens in the outdoors. When, when, when something becomes so regimented and um, uh, it, 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 it's just scheduled, it's not done because there's joy. You got to watch out. That can even affect fishing and team fishing. Believe me, when we come back, Colt Ringer will join us and he'll address just that and more in the great outdoors. How to avoid burnout for your kids and introduce them to the great outdoors so they love it, they don't get sick of it. Stay with us on Sports to the Max. It's a fishing season. It's always fishing season in Minnesota, but it's more so in the summertime. We've talked a lot over the years about high school fishing teams and tournaments and all those things. Tonight we talk fishing from that angle. And and, and, and this angle, pardon the pun, um, you got to be careful that kids don't fish too much. We always talk about it with hockey, don't we? We talk about with basketball, don't we? We talk about it with, with baseball. We talk about it with, with soccer. Are they playing the same sport too much? So they're losing the joy in it? You know, that can happen in the outdoors, too. In some respects, even more than the outdoors, because you have to get up so early and you have to meet the conditions that are out there. You can't have practice in a gymnasium just because it's storming out. Uh, joining us is Colt Ringer on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Ran into him last night at Kowalski's in the produce section. Hadn't seen him for a while. Next thing he knows, I'm booking him for the show tonight, but that's the way that I do my show a lot of times. Cole, thank you for joining us. Good to see you last night. Yeah, it was great to run into you as well. And thank you for uh, the opportunity to talk fishing again. Yeah, I said, well, what are you doing this part of town? You said, is it your son or daughter is taking the, 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 some driver's training? Yeah, I've got two drivers. Graduated one, now I've got another driver, mm-hmm. and I've got another one that will be driving, and we're mixing in some some sports with some fishing. <laughs> That's the way it goes. You know, Cole, you're heavily involved in fishing across the board in a lot of different ways, including owning a company that, uh, that, that that's involved in it. But you and I had this interesting conversation last night, which led to me wanting you on the show. Part of it, uh, we, we've talked a lot about high school fishing teams and tournament fishing and all those things. And you said, you know, one of the things that you have to be aware of is that fishing is fun when kids get into it. Be careful that the competition doesn't become an obsession or that it becomes not fun, but something that they're just doing. Explain how that can happen in the outdoors and how you have to be careful to keep the joy in why it is we bring these kids into it as a hobby, not an obsession. Well, I think just listening to you talk and the intro and everything, I think it's, and thinking about the high school fishing boom and how fast it grew. And, you know, quite frankly, I think it's, when you have adults that get involved and put all these pressures and the demands on competition in any sport, like you mentioned, that's where we have to be careful as adults is to not put the competition and make it about us and remember why the kids want to get up at six in the morning to go fish for a tournament or go locally and, and have a little competition involved. So I think, you know, since we first talked about high school fishing, what, seven, six, seven, five years ago, it's exploded in, in Minnesota and nationally. And the good thing is it, it started with tournaments and these tournaments. I, I, I sat on the board of, you know, one of the major ones in Minnesota. And one of the funny lines I always shared with is because year one was great. Everybody's happy, loving it, coming to the weigh-ins, excited, fun, smiling. Years two and three, we started dealing with so-and-so's cheating. 
what's going on here? This rules and this. I was like, all right, well, congratulations. We're just like every other sport now. Oh, that's when you know, isn't it? That's a great story. That's when you know that um, that that you're onto something because now it, it ain't just about fun. Now there's something involved, and they, and they've got an advantage because they did that, and they're using the wrong equipment and all that stuff. Now you know your game on, don't you? Yeah, and that's exactly what happened, and still happens. And then, but you know, there's so many like other sports. And I'm I'm actually up on Lake Mille Lacs. There's a tournament tomorrow. I didn't even know I was going to be in it when I saw you last night. It was a last minute thing. To my son, his senior year, he he kind of phased out of it, but he's going to give it one more shot as kind of a last hurrah. But I'm running into the, the like the coach of the Minnetonka team, Chris Wiedis, and the the amount of time that these volunteers and the boat captains put in to make this because it is more grueling than you have two hockey coaches on the ice, maybe three at a time. In a fishing tournament with 100 boats, you need 100 adult boat captains. That's tough to do. That's Ooh. tough to find. And plus, you got to get so, the boats to the landing at the right time. You don't just show up to an arena. Nope, you just don't show. It's not a show up and drop your kids off and let two or three coaches work with them. Yep. It, it, it takes a lot of volunteer power to make this tick, and there's a lot of great people um, making it tick across, a, especially in Minnesota, and there's virtual leagues right now um that kids have opportunities to fish in all these high school kind of club teams and and communities a lot of the coaches are finding ways to have league nights and you know all sorts of fun clinics so that there's options which has been great so so like for your son you know he he likes to fish maybe he doesn't want to do it every weekend get up and, and fish the competition how do you dial it back for him so that it's still fun we we do that. We take a break from tournaments. We don't sign up for seven tournaments in a summer, and we go up to the cabin. We fun fish, and we we stay involved that way. His his high school where he transferred to has a monthly tournament. You know, so it's a four hours one night on a local lake where it's close, and try to do as many of those. Hmm. So, so one of the things that's happened out of COVID, though, is we've had a fishing boon again. You know, kids are doing. And plus, you introduce the, the tournaments and the high school teams. Is, is fishing at a level that we've never seen before in terms of participation and money spent on it in Minnesota in general? Uh, you know, without having the numbers at my, you know, back and call, I think overall maybe the 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 numbers might show with the COVID boom that we hit a a point that we haven't been into in probably my lifetime um, as far as numbers, but it sure feels like it as far as, especially with the number of, when you've got 200 boats on Lake Minnetonka with 400 kids fishing in a tournament, that's, that's something. And those at, at that generation that should pass on uh, and continue to, to, con- to have strong numbers in that. Now, 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 you liked it so much. You bought a company, Aquaview, which uh, uh, people, some people are familiar with, that, that has become a part of electronics and part of the game that's played out there. Uh, why did you buy that, and what have you learned from it? It, it was one of those opportunities that just kind of fell—I won't want to say—fell into my lap, but it was one of those stories that being involved with fishing, talking to people, being in the industry. At the same time, we were looking for businesses from a from a family business standpoint, and happened to run across that Aquaview was for sale two years ago, and just learned that you know it's 
it's a very small industry. It's very there's so much of the fishing industry. We're going to ICAST, which is the big fishing trades show in Orlando next in like two weeks, and the, the Minnesota influence down there and on the industry with the Rapalas and the Linders and the the you know the people who invented Aquaview. It's just it's it's actually quite amazing how much of an influence Minnesota's had on the overall sport of fishing. Like like when you get involved in something like that, from a business standpoint, it's your love and yet it's a, it's a business. What is that like? Do you become too consumed with uh, the product when you're out fishing and whatnot to, to see not just it, well, how's yours working, but how's the competition's working? Uh, or can you still enjoy fishing? I've had to really work at it. And, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and take mornings, like, over the 4th and just go fishing and enjoy it and got back to it. The first couple of years, I, I, I would admit I got caught up into it. That's, it was always about trying to product test or do something, and, you know, it's something I have to make a conscious effort um, to dial back. But then at the same point, I, I just love it. It's fun. I get to <laughs> talk fishing, be around water, look at fish on a camera, you know, try to innovate and continue to come up with new ideas that will help anglers and, and just anybody who wants to be on the water and, and you know, see what's going on underneath. So, Colt Ringer is our guest, fishing man extraordinaire, as I'd put it, because he's been involved in so many different facets of it. H- has the camera been the biggest game changer over the last five years in, uh, in fishing? I'd love to say yes, but it hasn't. And I think what it's, there's a bunch of technology from the the major three brands that are developing sonar. That's it's called live sonar, where they it's almost like an ultrasound where you can scan. And the innovation that these guys are doing is is unbelievable. Where Aquaview comes in as a tool to help, there people are spending ten to fifteen thousand dollars on electronics for their boats. And it's really hard to, even though it's so sophisticated, um, we're seeing the boom because of that. We're, we're a tool to help people understand that technology better because now they can read and see a, a mark on their unit, their graph, and then put a camera down and actually get a visual picture of it. And we actually have cameras that interface and play on those screens as well. So, what, it, what is the supply cheap. chain like in your business? Challenging, yeah. Just like, just, just like the stories. Because you got to have every part to make that thing go. It's not, and if you don't, you don't have an Aquaview, right? Yep. There's chips and screens, and when everybody was at home buying laptops and and phones and everything, the the glass for the screens was in short supply. Then it was chips. Um, then there's. You know, a lot of our stuff is coming uh, on a container and shipping and being driven across the country. So we're we're like every other business facing those challenges and trying to prepare as best as we can and order early and look at, at being creative. Hmm. All right, Cole, last thing, uh, you, you, you hit on it a little bit, but as people, and, and obviously, you know, a lot of kids have done a lot of fishing because of COVID, et cetera, and that's the good news, but how do you make sure that they maintain enthusiasm for, you know, Bud, Bud Grant always told me, never let a, a good hobby become an obsession. 
because if it's an obsession, it's no longer fun. Always make sure that you look forward to it and it's fun. How do you do that with 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 the kid as they begin to uh, really enjoy fishing? You keep it simple and you develop them at a level. When they first come in, it's remembering that the the, the catching is not the end game. The actual fishing, the experience, getting snacks, going out on the water, watching the sunrise, staying out for sunset, um, keeping the trip short, just you know, playing with the middle buckets if you've got young kids. As you get a little bit older, mixing in depending on their competitive. You know, It's like, all right, let's have a 10-minute fishing contest. 10 minutes, that's it. Little competition. Have goals. Try to catch as many different species as you can. Um, it's it's keep trying to read that kid, keep them interested and continuing to grow. Then as they get older, learn how to read the electronics, operate the boat, let them drive the boat when they're old enough with all the safety requirements and just, you know, give them that full experience. Hmm. Colt, great to run into you last night and catch up. Always good to visit with you and, and, and get some good advice for a lot of the people out there that are, uh, uh, maybe being introduced for the first time to fishing in the great outdoors. Thank you so much for giving us some insight. You're welcome. It was good to run into you as well, and thanks for the support. You bet. Anytime. Colt Ringer, nice enough to join us. Uh, owner of Aquaview, but a whole lot more because he's a, like I say, he's a fishing guy. Fishing guys see the world a little bit differently. You know, and I, I've talked to Ron Sher about that. You know, someday if he becomes a fishing guy, uh, I'm going to talk to him about that you know, when he becomes a real fishing guy. You know, where you, and you, the, the, the rules are you got to catch your limit three times in, in, in within ten years, and then you're considered a fishing guy. So when Ron achieves that, uh, we'll talk to him about it. That's that's all I'm saying. Take a break. Come back. Sports to the max. ThinkAMI.com. It's getting hot. You heard my weather report. You heard the forecast. That comes right from Paul Douglas, not from me. And so I take the information that he gives, and then I say, here's what you can do with it. You can ThinkAMI.com, and then you can ThankAMI.com, because they'll come out and give you a consultation. You go to ThinkAMI, you schedule, uh, so they can come out and take a look at the unit that you've got. They will decide, and they can work with you on whether or not it's working efficiently. Uh, you might have the perfect unit for you right now, and you just don't know it. You might just need to fix it a little bit, not have an overhaul. Or you might need a whole new unit. Or you might say, hey, you're okay now, but a year from now, it's going to be a different conversation. You need a partner that you can trust in those conversations because it's not cheap to change air conditioning. It's not, but boy, it's necessary. It's necessary if you want to be healthy in life, if you want to enjoy 24 hours a day, if you want to get out of the heat, and especially this humidity right now. It ain't real good on your health either. You think AMI.com, Mike Nesdal and his staff and his employees, and I know many of them, um, they get what you're going through because they're going through the same things. And uh, here's what I love about them, and and I can say this, um, whether it lacks humility or not, they're not the cheapest in town. They're not, folks. They're not. Uh, But I think they're the best. And I think they're a great partner to go through life with. And I think they're the kind of people that you will relate well to. I think they're the kind of people that you have a Minnesota-like conversation with them and feel good about who they are and know that they're not taking advantage of you. They're not from some other town. They're in Ham Lake, Minnesota. They're not going anywhere, period. So as it gets hotter, thinkami.com. When you need to schedule an appointment, thinkami.com. When you need that new unit that you've been waiting on, thinkami.com. 
Welcome back. Twins tomorrow night right here on News Talk 830 WCCL. Tubbsy, the Minnesota Wild selected Liam Ogren, a winger of international fame. I'm going through the mock draft here. I don't find him in the first round. Uh, this is just one. I don't know, Yahoo or something like that, so I don't know a lot about him. He's from Sweden. That's not very nice to call somebody a Yahoo. <laughs> Yahoo.com. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Liam may okay. be a, uh, a Yahoo. Know, the the like NHL Yahoo. draft, though, is a little bit like the baseball draft. It's pretty hard, unless you saw the kid play in college, mm-hmm. uh, but it's such an international draft. It's pretty hard to get really excited when you really don't know much about these guys, you see some video and it's got, you know, you, you, it's not in English, the graphics and whatnot. And, and you're not quite sure what you're watching, you know, who's playing who and what junior level it is. Uh, you know, you understand that these these are the future of the NHL, but I have a tough time getting real excited about the prospect himself. Well, and I mean, so much of this, it, you know, I mean, you don't know, you know where these kids went to. You know, to to juniors and you know, did they, you know, did, did they go to the USHL? You know, yeah. which one of these kids are going to go to college? You know, where because we just yeah, you know, we just don't know about it, and you don't have like you don't have that central place where you've got college football and, and everybody exactly, like, and, and, and you go, I saw him against so and so, and therefore I know this about it. Yeah, I mean, you don't know where these guys are going to fit in. You don't know when they're going to be called up to. Yeah, you know, at least in college football, you're or like, if they'll ever get here, you know, they they they, sound, they just didn't give him a contract. The the one kid, uh, what was his name, the Wild. Uh, after three four years, they oh, just said, yeah. you know, well, you're no longer rostered. You know, yeah, and I mean, I, now, I, that doesn't happen often, but I'm just saying. Well, I mean, it's you know, once in a while, and you know, every once in a while too, you know, you get one of those, you know, top draft picks from you know Major League Baseball that. I, I think it was uh, Mark Apple that finally made his major league debut after ten years. I remember yeah. he didn't sign his contract, he, yep. and I think he was he was drafted number one overall. So you you just don't know. But I think that's yeah, college basketball, college football. You've got a central, you know, uh, college basketball is easy to get excited about. You, you saw Chet Holmgren, and then you go, I wonder if those skills will translate. You know, whoever it was. Yeah, um, uh, you watch them play. You watch these Duke kids hit four hundred in the first round. And you go. Yeah, I really like that kid, you know, blah, 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 you know. Duke, he, Kentucky, Carolina. Yeah, yeah. and you go, boy, that kid can play, you know. Yeah, no, no matter who it is, you know you're going to be looking at a potential, you know, future first-rounder. And yeah, and even throw Gonzaga in there now. Yeah, and, and you go, okay, I, I yeah, for, for better or worse, you go, I really like that kid because I saw him one night and he couldn't miss. I mean, whatever it is, they get you excited about it. Yeah, they do. And, again, I mean, you don't know – what this player is going to look like if and when they do make it up to your team in, in you know, several years. So Several years, yeah. Several, yeah. Just like baseball. I mean, you've got to go baseball. through all those levels. Yep, and, 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 the, and the chances are the higher you get picked, the more chances you're going to get, so the better chance you've got to get in the, make it in the NHL because they, they look bad if you don't make it, you know? That's right. All right, bud, good to talk to you. You too, Maxie. All right, Henry Lake will continue our NHL coverage in extension and extensively when we come back. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.